What's going on, everyone, and welcome in to another edition of Be Shafe Daily. My name's Brendan Schaefer, and let's talk about another Cardinals win. Unbelievable. Are they ever going to lose again? It's been something else to watch the Cardinals pile up wins. Now 11 in a row. They beat the Brewers once again. The offense goes ballistic. Miles Michaelis pitches well. The bullpen shuts the door, although the offense pretty much took care of that on Wednesday. Welcome in to another B-Shape Daily. What what more is there to say? The Cardinals now winners of 11 straight games. They have clinched for themselves a plus 500 season. They're now 82 and 69 on the year, closing in on the end of this season, but they're doing so with a flair for the dramatic. It's a shame there's not a few more games remaining. Cardinals might mess around and win the division otherwise. It's it's not very likely they'll do that considering they're behind the Brewers in the win column by nine games and behind in the loss column by eight. Eight and a half games behind. Cardinals have 11 more remaining this season. Incredible, though. Incredible run that Mike Schultz said on Tuesday, hey, it's hard to put into words exactly to to capture what this is like because we don't plan on being done with the winning streak. We don't plan on stopping at 10. And they didn't. 10-2, Cardinals defeat the Brewers on Wednesday to claim victory at least in this four-game series. And then we'll see on Thursday whether a sweep is potentially in order, a four-game sweep, and it'll be Adam Wainwright on the mound. So you'd like your chances there. And we mentioned the Cardinals do not have to face Corbin Burns in this series. So that's another check potentially in the Cardinals' favor. It'll be a day game on Thursday. But let's get into the nitty-gritty from Wednesday. Cardinals once again getting it done. This formula, you got to love it, the early run support that Cardinals starters are receiving. It's so different. Imagine how different of a vibe and how, how different of a feeling you get taking the ball to the mound as a starting pitcher for the Cardinals Right now, compared to, you can talk about what happened back in June or other times during the season when the Cardinals seemed like they were down 2 nothing before they ever really got going in a game. And now, they're doing precisely the opposite. Tyler O'Neill getting it done early in the first inning for the Cardinals on Wednesday. Two-run shot to put the Cardinals up before Miles Michaelis ever has to take the mound. That's great. You talk about getting yourself some confidence as a starting pitcher. Going into a game and, and throwing your first pitch when you're up 2 nothing, it's hard to beat that. And then the Cardinals continue to pile right on there in the second inning with four more runs, and boom, 6 nothing. We've talked about how painful and how difficult it had been for the Cardinals to, to have some faith as an offense that they're able to accomplish things and feel good and feel confident that they're in a ball game when you're when you're opening things up down five nothing six nothing like that. There's just no hope, and now the Cardinals are imposing that will upon other teams and ending baseball games before even a couple of innings have been completed. That is an impressive feat, 
And when you are going out there and doing what the Cardinals offense is doing right now, second inning, you get something that you hardly ever see, a two-run sacrifice fly. Great defensive play by Locaine there in center field to rob the ball at the wall. And this wasn't a case of the outfielders not paying attention to what was going on and not not recognizing that there's speed on second base and Harrison Bader that could potentially try to score on a on a on a fly ball out. They were on top of it from the moment it happened. Lorenzo Kane flipped the ball to the right fielder to try to get the relay in. They just didn't have enough time. Harrison Bader was on it. That's what speed do, and the Cardinals come up with two runs on and out after having runners on second and third. Just those kinds of things. Those are the things that go well when you're the Cardinals and you're having the success they're having. It feels like you you can do no wrong. And they're capitalizing on these opportunities that at other times in the year, they just it just might not have gone that way. You might not have had the ability to impose your will because you're playing from behind you're playing on your heels and and instead they're playing on their toes right now and they're doing everything right you put yourself in a situation to be able to jump out to an early lead like that and then you're you're hungry for more you're looking for opportunities that's the way this team's playing right now in every facet of the game talk about offensively you get 10 runs 15 hits they bombarded the brewers tonight I understand that Brett Anderson, probably not a guy that you fear coming in relative to some of the other starters that have been thrown at St. Louis by Milwaukee this season. That's exactly what you want, though. You come in against a a, a pitcher like Anderson who's middle of the road, guy you feel you, you can potentially do some damage against. You see T.O., Tyler O'Neill, doing it in the first inning. His 29th home run of the season, by the way, that's going to be a 30-homer season for Tyler O'Neill with the next one that he hits out. And that'll be the first time of his career. He's, he's at 50 homers for his entire career. He feels like a guy who's been doing this and, and has been around the block. But to think about the other seasons O'Neill has had, I mean, he, he didn't have a double-digit home run season before this one, and now he's one away from cranking out his 30th of the campaign and he's got 11 or so more games remaining in order to, to find that last home run to reach that accomplishment. So it's just impressive. That's a guy that the Cardinals can absolutely count on the kind of season that he's having. He was two for five tonight, two runs scored, three driven in. He's up to 891 on the OPS for the season as well. 29 home runs. And that's a spot where you get that guy starting things off and you say, okay, yep, that's exactly what we think we ought to be doing. No offense to the man, but to Brett Anderson, that's a it's a guy we can get after. And then you find that. You get it done in the first inning. You build a little confidence. You put more runners in scoring position. You find a way to get those home in the second. Just the little things to be able to, to impose your will and force the issue early on in a game. Brett Anderson doesn't make it out of the second in this game. Gives up six runs, two of them earned, but... Six hits and one walk, that's no accident. That's how you get it done. And the home run by O'Neill is how they chase Anderson from this game early. Get the Brewers into their bullpen on a night where you know 14 hours from now you're going to be playing another baseball game and they're going to be a little bit limited compared to where they were because you had to, those guys had to cover 
seven plus innings in a ball game. That's great. Everything is coming up Cardinals right now, and it's because of the way that they are attacking games and, and attacking the opposition that they're getting the benefit of some of these things. But it's something they are doing. It is not just happening for them. You can say in, in some ways, when you look at the wild card standings in the National League, the fact that the Reds have just outright collapsed over the last couple of weeks. Granted, the Cardinals did take two of three from them the last time they played them, and four of six overall. Those were relatively recent games. But, I mean, you've got them losing games right now to the Pirates. They lose on on Tuesday, postponed on Wednesday. But they lost a series to the Pirates last week, just shortly thereafter the Cardinals got done with them. That was a team you were worried about. But they've continued to lose some games, and so you could say, well, that, that's the Cardinals are fortunate that other teams are collapsing at the right time. But the Cardinals, are <laughs> they're imposing that on some of these teams. The Padres are another example. They're a team that, yeah, well, they struggle a little bit shorter, but what do you do with the struggling team when you face them? You bury them, and that's what the Cardinals did to San Diego. And now they're barely above 500. Two games over at 76 and 74. They've lost four in a row. And they're not really in the picture at this point. The Cardinals are five and a half games up on the Padres. There was a time where there was just it was unfathomable that the Cardinals would catch the Padres. And now they're so far in the rearview mirror that they're just there almost aren't enough games left in the schedule for them to catch you. I know you you're asking for trouble saying something like that, but just the math of it all, it would be it would be a daunting challenge for the Padres to be able to climb back into it. And the Reds just about a game above where the Padres are. The Cardinals right now four and a half games up on the Reds. And the Reds, again, did not play Wednesday due to a postponement against Pittsburgh. Philadelphia, they're still in the mix, but same record as Cincy. They're the only team the Cardinals haven't gotten their hands on here in September. And so they're they're the team that's had a little bit of confidence to them, winning six of their last ten. They've won two in a row to, to pull in even with Cincinnati. But again, four and a half. That's the closest anybody else is to you. Just crazy to think about, given where this team was, given where at times in this campaign you thought, it's over. The Cardinals, this is not going to be their year. You just didn't see the pieces adding up. You thought, well, there's pitching injuries. And this is a team predicated upon success with the pitching staff, backed up by quality defense, which is something that's never really evaded the Cardinals this season. They, they're going to make errors, all teams do, but by and large, this Cardinals team has been very solid defensively, even during the, the downturns and the tough periods of the season. That was pretty much something that you could count on. But the pitching was not always there, for sure, whether it's starting or bullpen. And then it seemed like when those elements would come together, well, now there goes the offense. You just can't count on it. They might score two or they might score ten, but... If it's a coin flip and they're not consistently getting to four or five runs to give you a chance, and you know their pitching staff's going to give up five before you maybe even get into the bullpen in the middle innings, you're kind of doomed. None of that is a concern right now for the Cardinals. Let's talk about Miles Michaelis. Because this was a guy who, first of all, he couldn't stay on the field, couldn't stay healthy. Coming into this season, I remember down being at spring training, 
standing in the watchtower at the complex at Roger Dean Stadium in Jupiter, watching Miles Michaelis throw a bullpen, flipping in some breaking balls, and it's like, that guy's not throwing. What is he doing? What's going on with Miles Michaelis? Not healthy. No, it's probably fine. It's probably fine. It wasn't fine. Miles Michaelis was having issues. Shoulder. After having the forearm the year before that. Okay, Miles Michaelis not going to be ready for the season. He gets up for one game. Boom, now back to the forearm. It's like, didn't they do something to fix the forearm last year? Wasn't that the entire reason for his missed 2020? He had a procedure. Why are, why are the Cardinals still dealing with this? You didn't have good vibes about Miles Michaelis. There are times where it's like, yeah, you know what? Anything you get from this guy, it's a bonus. And with where the Cardinals' rotation was, they could have used some bonuses. They they needed something. They needed they needed Miles Michaelis to be healthy. And then when he does return for the second time, they took their time, made sure he was ready to go before they brought him back. He was able to pitch. He was able to stay in game, stay healthy. But he wasn't going deep into starts. He wasn't. He wasn't particularly effective because he just didn't trust that the, the, the high-end version of Miles Michaelis that you had seen in his debut season with the Cardinals when they first brought him back over from overseas when he won 18 games and had an ERA below three. You kind of wondered, is that guy still in there somewhere? Is he going to make a, make an appearance for this Cardinals team? That would be really nice. They could use him. But there was a time where he was like, eh, I just don't know. I don't know if you're going to see it. Beginning in mid-August, August 20th, when he returned, five innings, four and a third, three innings, five innings, five innings. Run totals of two, three, four, five, and four. None of those are quality. But now you're starting to see Miles Michaelis maybe turn a corner. Against the Padres last week, five and two-thirds, no runs. Okay? It's deeper than he had gone in any other outing. Effective, didn't have the didn't have the inning, right? That was the problem for Michaelis was the inning. The inning where he'd give up the two home runs or he'd give up and, and you'd say, well, everything else was pretty good except for that one inning. And that's something that at the major league level, it doesn't it doesn't mean a whole lot to have those games pile up because you're not really, what are you offering for your team? But in this game on Wednesday, Michaelis ends up going seven. That's Miles Michaelis. That's the guy that the Cardinals remember from 2018. That's the 18-game winner. That's the guy that in his first season with St. Louis logged 200 innings and was an all-star. Seven innings, two runs allowed, did give up a home run, but that's only because obviously Garcia has to hit him. He's he's contractually obligated to hit one against the Cardinals every time he plays him. And so he had to get his. That's just that's just the way it goes. But seven innings, two runs, four hits, no walks, three Ks. That's my that's a Miles Michaelis game. And then the Millers, meet the Millers come in, a couple of scoreless innings to cap things off for the Cardinals. You get a day where your entire rest of your bullpen, besides the Millers, gets a chance to be rested going into not only a day game on Thursday against Milwaukee, but gearing up for that series in Chicago. It's going to be a big one, a four-gamer, because you've got the doubleheader on Friday. And let's get into that a little bit. Big news dropping on Wednesday about that upcoming doubleheader. 
Jack Flaherty's going to pitch in the sucker. How about that? Jack Flaherty, according to Mike Schilt, on Wednesday afternoon, will start game two of the Friday doubleheader at Wrigley Field against the Chicago Cubs. Now, when I say start, I, I do mean that in the strictest sense of the word that he will start as the pitcher in the game. How far he will go, that is another matter. He's not going to be logging a traditional start like you would expect of Jack Flaherty. But at this point, minor league seasons, Memphis is still going, but minor league seasons are wrapping up. Jack Flaherty has been throwing, has been with the team, pitching in competitive environments, getting getting his work however they can. I believe he faced Lars Newtbar the other day. They're trying to simulate a competitive environment, and they're going to have him throw a meaningful inning, maybe two, depending on what the pitch count looks like, but 15 pitches with what was what he threw in the last simulated bullpen. Figure that's probably going to get him through the first inning. And that's the direction the Cardinals are going to go with game two. Now, who pitches behind him? Is it just a strict bullpen game behind an inning of Jack Flaherty? You can do that, right? I love the strategy here that the Cardinals are taking because, hey, they want Jack Flaherty to be able to contribute because this is a team that clearly is going to have October in their future. And so to have Jack Flaherty for that is a benefit to any team hoping to be competitive because he is that guy. He is an ace pitcher, and if he is healthy, healthy enough to contribute, you want him You want him to be able to do so. The only way you can, can get him there and consider him for a postseason roster is to say, all right, well, let's go see how it looks. You throw your inning. If it, if it looks right, maybe next time you throw a couple innings, and we just kind of build from there. And maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough to have a limited Jack Flaherty in a postseason series or a wild card game or whatever the scenario that the Cardinals choose to to go with as far as the way they line up their pitching staff. Like wild card game, that's going to be Adam Wainwright. We've talked about this. They will not need Adam Wainwright on that last Sunday. It's becoming more and more likely and more and more obvious as each day passes that they will have this thing wrapped up before the final game of the season. And so to me... That's Adam Wainwright's ball, and he goes until he can't go no more. And I I say that, obviously, you're going to have a quicker hook in a wild card game because it's a do-or-die situation. But I don't think there's anybody in the league you'd want to have on the mound for that game more than you'd be happy to have Adam Wainwright there. Now, granted, there might be some guys in in the Dodgers dugout that you feel pretty good about. Walker Buehler, I know, got blown up a little bit on Wednesday. Saw that on my fantasy team. But Max Scherzer, obviously a great option for them. Bueller potentially could be as well. Who am I forgetting? Oh, Clayton Kershaw. Cardinals may not mind that. They may not mind seeing Clayton Kershaw. Matt Carpenter will bat lead off in that game, and, and they'll have things wrapped up by about the middle of the 6th or 7th, it seems like, is when Matt Carpenter gets his big double off of Clayton Kershaw. So they've got options, and again, it could not end up as Cardinals-Dodgers. It could be Cardinals-Giants, although a tough loss for the Dodgers on Wednesday could facilitate some of the stuff I said last night being false um, with regard to who's going to win that NL West division. I still think the Dodgers could could pull it out, and, and as long as they're within striking distance going into that final weekend of the regular season, anything is possible. So we'll see what ends up happening there. But if you do face the Giants in a wild card game, I think it favors the Cardinals even more. You may worry about having to face that Dodgers pitching staff when you get to the next round, but you 
you got to worry about the round you're in before you can start. I've seen that from some Cardinals fans saying, well, I'd rather see the Cardinals play the Dodgers in the wild card game because then I think they have a better chance against the Giants, not as deep of a pitching staff in, in a five-game series, and that would benefit St. Louis. Can't think ahead. Just get to, get to where you can get to, win that game or series, and worry about the next one when you get to it. But I would say it does seem evident that the Cardinals would have a benefit – I, I understand the Giants have been a really good team this year. I don't want to underestimate them, but I just think from a pitching standpoint, it's so important in the postseason to have pitching. And the Dodgers, even with the the injuries, and they've had many injuries, lots of guys on the long-term injured list. They obviously lost Trevor Bauer for obvious reasons. I'm not saying that they, you know, oh, woe is the Dodgers or woe is Trevor Bauer. Just stating the fact that they signed this guy to like a bajillion dollar contract and they figured that he would be one of their big time starting pitchers when you get to October, they don't have him. And so they've they've dealt with some of the, the issues and the attrition to their rotation. And even still, they just are crazy deep as far as their pitching staff. And you get into the bullpen, they could throw a bullpen game at you and that should scare you. They did it to the Cardinals when they were in St. Louis a couple weeks ago and it went pretty well. So it's definitely possible. But just from a perspective of where the Cardinals are and what you think you'd like to see happen, I think they could take the Giants down in a wild card game. I think they could take the Dodgers down. I think they've shown that in the past that nothing is too big or too scary. I know that the Dodgers now have that extra cachet of being defending world champions as as part of uh, the mix when you go into a game against the Dodgers in the postseason. But the Cardinals just have that magic right now, and it's 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 going really well for them. So you talk about Jack Flaherty being added to that pitching staff potentially. It can be very interesting to see how Friday goes for him because I don't think there's any limitation on the idea that he could be part of a wild card game roster or a NLDS roster. As far as a, a bulk reliever and what you'd need to do behind him to potentially justify that in an NLDS Keep your eye on Dakota Hudson. I don't know exactly the way the Cardinals are going to go with Dakota, but it it seems he's more stretched out right now than even Flaherty, and there is a chance. I think the Cardinals shouldn't waste much time if they think that Hudson could do it, and I know Hudson would love the chance. But as of right now, Hudson's kind of in a little bit of a, a limbo. We'll see what ends up happening on the decision on when to bring him up to the big club. They had been saying several days ago that Hudson needed one more rehab assignment. They were going to honor the rehab and respect that. And yet, Wednesday rolls around. He was supposed to start that last rehab game, and then the Cardinals scratched him from starting against, I believe, in Jacksonville for Memphis and said they're going to kind of be in a holding pattern right now with Dakota and just kind of wait and see when the big club needs him. Maybe that's as early as Friday. They haven't announced anything about that yet, but could you see it? Potentially that Dakota Hudson would, when you have a doubleheader and, and you get the extra man, I don't know how they'd handle all the roster stuff. That would be a little bit tricky. And you look elsewhere in the rotation, like Big John, he's doing a fine job. Jay Happ, you know, I, you'd hate to see some of those guys like Lester. I, Lester's not going anywhere, but but Happ has, has been so valuable to the Cardinals and it's kind of come out of nowhere and it's been a key part of what they've been able to do over the last month and a half or so. It's just, I, you know, you get this close, kind of get, would get a little bit of an icky feeling if you say, oh, no, we don't need you anymore. We're good. But Michael is pitching well out of the rotation, so it's going to be interesting. The fact that you do have this doubleheader is an opportunity to kind of, like you need something like a Dakota Hudson and a Jack Flaherty or 
or a, just a Jack Flaherty in a bullpen game, everybody else can stay on turn, and you're not displacing anybody by making that decision. But then once you get to the, the postseason, you're going to have to say, okay, who's going to be on that roster? Who's not going to be? But you'd be crazy to deny the idea that, that Jack Flaherty, Dakota Hudson, if they're healthy and, and able to contribute, they don't make a roster better. They absolutely do, and they would. Hudson's thrown a couple of five-inning outings at AAA, getting up to 68 pitches, being effective in those outings. So, I don't know. We've seen Dakota Hudson thrive in a relief role as well. You remember when he first came up for the Cardinals several years back, started out in the bullpen, did a good job. So, I think he's flexible. He's dynamic. He could do a few different things. Could be a bonus weapon the Cardinals could have. We'll see what that ends up looking like. He may not be part of the picture for Friday. That may be a little premature, but evidently he's ready and just waiting for that call. So another feather in the Cardinals cap will end up seeing how St. Louis wants to approach that and how they want to approach Jack Flaherty as well. It feels a little risky, right, to to bring Flaherty back in. Obviously no rehab assignment on a formal capacity, but he's been with the team. He's been pitching. they've, They've simulated these environments for him. And so we'll see how it ends up going. Thursday afternoon, Cardinals and Brewers, 1-10 Central Time is the game time. As I look over the preview now, looks like this is one of those YouTube games, so don't forget about that if you're trying to tune into the game tomorrow afternoon. You have to go to YouTube. I don't even know if it is on Bally. I think it might just be YouTube exclusive. So, Adam Wainwright, Adrian Hauser. I don't believe Hauser had a very good last outing. Adam Wainwright has pretty much a good every outing. And he's looking for a win number 17 on the season. Cardinals are looking for 12, 12 and 21. That's going to be the narrative on Thursday. Can they continue this very impressive winning streak? Again, they're probably going to lose a game eventually. I don't know if it's going to be this decade or the next, but eventually the Cardinals will lose again. And when they do, doesn't mean that the season's over. Doesn't mean that uh, the win streak was anything less special. It might almost be just kind of a relief when it finally does happen. Make sure it happens before getting into the postseason. But for right now, man, every time they continue to win, it's like, yeah, it's the streak. But, man, every game you win, I think the magic number is like down to seven at this point. So pretty significant every game you win as the calendar really starts to dwindle right now. There's just only so much other teams can do when you keep winning games. They can't catch you if you don't lose. So Adam Wainwright is going to be absolutely maybe as motivated as he's been all year, and you know that he's always motivated. Always finds a reason to get up. Maybe he knows that it's a YouTube game, and he's he's big on YouTube because he posted that video that was on the Big League Impact website about him returning, wanting to return for 2022. That was a YouTube video, and so he'll get up for the YouTube game because he knows that he wants to show up for, for something on YouTube. Who knows? Big opportunity for the Cardinals to just continue to put the pedal down and see where that takes them. You never know. They win out and the Brewers lose out, you do end up winning the division. So, And you do play the Brewers a few more times. Wouldn't that be crazy if the Cardinals do get it done on Thursday and say they, they sweep or take three or four for the Cubs and the Brewers just don't win another game going into that next series? Because then if you sweep them again, then mathematically I think it would be still possible. But but that sounds like kind of crazy. I don't think I don't think anybody's thinking that way at this point in time. But... Good time to be a Cardinals fan. St. Louis is loving it. 11 wins in a row. It's kind of hard to to fathom, but here they are. The cream of the crop, the talk of the town across Major League Baseball. Your St. Louis Cardinals.
But that's going to do it for this edition of B-Shape Daily. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening to the show. Looks like we're going to be doing a few more of these things over the course of the rest of the season because the Cardinals have more baseball to play. And that that's looking like it's going to be true beyond the initial 162. So make sure to subscribe to the show if you've not done so already at B-Shape Daily. It's Spotify. It's Apple Podcasts. It's Google Podcasts. It's anchor.fm slash bshafer12 to click on the more platforms and find all the places that you can listen to the show, download, rate, and review, all that good stuff. Appreciate you guys for being along for the ride, ready to bring you some more as the Cardinals continue to get deeper into this thing. Thank you guys, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shafe Daily. Peace!